It's the Report Report. Today on the show. Making music and alter egos. As we saw in last week's episode, I have a strong connection to music. Every person who has ever listened to anything, from Row 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 to Beethoven to Talking Heads, has some idea of music's purpose. Everybody has a different connection to music, and I have my personal one. To me, music is about creation. Like all community endeavors, music creation is about building something together. I spent countless hours in front of the computer screen making music, but the time when I am really creating something is when playing with others. There are two modes of musical thinking, two aspects of the musical brain. When I am making a song, I am making little snippets of sound, layering parts, mucking about with sounds creating a song that flows using chopped up pieces. When I am playing with a group, at a jam session or at a music camp, I am adapting in real time to the other people. I am working with what they bring, experiencing the larger piece come together as I play just one part. This is the other mode. Not to say that the first mode is bad, In fact, there is a certain satisfaction to making a whole song myself. There are no limits. In a jam session, there's a place for everyone. The better one is at music, the more one gets out of a jam. Notes that fit in or adding little counter melodies can be just as satisfying as playing complex chord patterns. It is the collective music that makes the jam good. Tucked away in the Catskills, outside of the small town of Olive Bridge, New York, lies the Ashokan Center. It was originally a field station for a SUNY school. Then a man named Jay Unger and his wife, Molly, started a music camp on the site. Jay Unger formed a connection to the place and the camp. Coming home from the camp gave him a feeling of deep longing to be back there. This feeling inspired him to write the song famously used in Ken Burns' Civil War documentary, Ashokan Farewell. To some, Ashokan is the site of an environmental education program, but to others, including me, it is their musical home. Nowadays, over the summer, there are numerous music camps with a range of genre focuses. The main camp that we go to is focused on swing and western swing. I know the feeling of a Ashokan farewell. At the camp, the world's troubles fall away. There is magic in the air. To leave that is truly sad. We cannot be in paradise forever. But that is what keeps us coming back each year. 
the magic. Many years into the history of the camp, the field campus was sold to a logging company. The site would be destroyed, the magic lost forever. But with the royalties from the song and the help of many people, the camp was saved. The property was bought from the loggers. But that was not the only trial the camp encountered. The original campus sat on an island in the middle of the Asopus Creek, directly under a giant dam, the Ashokan Reservoir. This dam sometimes releases up to 600 million gallons of water a day, right on top of what was then the campus. So with the profits from the camp, generous donors, and royalties from Ashokan Farewell, the camp was moved to higher ground, and redesigned to fit the needs of the community. Through all of these tribulations, what was the fabric that held the community together? Music. The magic of Ashokan is the magic of music of making something together that we will remember for the rest of the year. Ashokan is a testament to the power of music. The power to build something bigger than any of its parts. Blue Bear, oh Blue Bear, uh, how are you my old friend? Well, not bad, uh, not bad at all. What's that book you're reading? Oh, that? Uh, it's my Cicero. Cicero? Uh, the old Roman? That's him. I mean, uh, uh, he's the one that wrote in it. I didn't know you were interested in classical statecraft. Oh, a king has to keep up with the latest philosophy uh, whenever it was written in. Oh, yes, of course he does. You know, I guess sometimes I forget that you're a king. Well, it's easy to forget it, because uh, I'm never wearing my crown. Hmm. Well, I guess that gives me some excuse. Uh, wait, do bear kings even wear crowns? Well, of course we do. Uh, only on royal occasions, though, uh, when, when we're sitting on our thrones. Uh, being stuffed bairns, mostly beans and foam, I haven't any bones. So the heavy crown is kind of smushing of me. Hmm. So, what have you learned from old Cicero, anyway? Oh, he's mostly writing of alter egos. Alter egos? Uh-huh. Uh, he thought it up, using those words, which is Latin, but it means other self, like uh, you and me. You and me? Well, Cicero was talking of politicians who were knowing and sharing each other's thoughts, so that they could even speak for each other, like in the Senate for something. More even than friends, almost like one person and two bodies. Hmm. Even if one of those bodies is stuffed with foam and beans? I'm using your mouth, amnet I? I guess you are. So, you are my alter ego? Actually, you are my alter ego because... I'm doing the thinking, and you're doing the talking. Ah, I see. You can learn a lot from that old sister now, hmm? So how did it happen that I came to be the alter ego of a stuffed bear? If you give your newborn son the middle name Blue Bear, you have pretty much invited all the friends and relations to send you blue bear-shaped stuffies. 
There they all are, a whole pile of them, laying on the bed, tags still attached, different shapes and sizes, different shades of blue, but you don't know any of them yet. They still smell of department store. You pick one up. He's on the smaller side, heavier than average, with a plush feel and dark eyes. You hold him up near your face. Strangely, this one doesn't smell like the others. There is something clinging to his coat like pine trees and wind. And is that honey? Hello, he says in a slightly dopey voice. You turn his head so he is looking at your sleeping son. I'm Blue Bear, he says. I'm thinking of being a best friend. Over the years, you learn many things about this bear. He is very tolerant of being chewed on, sat on, dangled by an ear, pushed off of tables, buried in blankets, tied with a string and pulled in circles behind a tricycle. He has an old plastic Jeep that has some engine troubles. It goes very well, but not always in the direction he intends. He likes to go in the bathtub, where he floats very well, but looks strangely thin and stretched when lifted from the water. He is helpful in a crisis because he knows all about band-aids and shots. That is because he's actually a nurse who went to nursery school and everything. He is especially experienced about bee stings on account of being a bear. Next year, always next year, he's going to kindergarten, where he will learn to actually understand what he is reading so that when he tries to read out loud to us from a stack of library books, we don't laugh so hard at his mistakes. Blue Bear is also the king of the distant and nearby land of Bearsaria. He has had many adventures and sometimes likes to be dressed up in armor made from old paint color swatches and plenty of tape so he can reenact them. He still knows how to write in the ancient language of the bears, called Nursiv. Because of his mother's tongue, he sometimes talks a little funny, and because he didn't have a mouth at all until Grandma stitched one for him. Mama made him a beautiful pair of pants, which he sometimes wears. The pants hold in his farts and release them slowly so he can do something close to flying. Sometimes in the evenings, when it's time for last play, he will join us on the couch, which is in fact a spaceship, and take command, until the mechanical arm mistakes him for some space debris and tosses him out of an airlock or gets stuck in an endless loop banging him against the wall of the ship. Long-suffering, friendly, never resentful, he's the very best kind of bear, the kind of bear that when a boy is feeling so scared and mad and frustrated with all the ways the world can be scary and maddening and frustrating, the kind of bear who won't mind being kicked and squozen and bit and stepped on until the boy feels better, also the kind of bear who likes kisses and soaks up tears and has something funny and wiseish to say at the end of it. And the thing is that Blue Bear is right. I am his alter ego. 
what we sometimes call his talker. It's almost like a kind of magic, the way his thoughts pop into my head. His voice comes out of my mouth. I can't decide what he should say. Sometimes I try to pretend to be him, but that fails. The voice is off, the timing wrong. When Blue Bear has something to say, he says it to me, to Renee, to Mama, to Grandma, mumbling to himself. There have been times when a papa gets so scared and frustrated and angry at all the ways the world can be scary and maddening and frustrating, at the way it draws him in to be its agent, forces him to enforce time and focus and have to's, forces him, for example, to wake his sleeping son morning after morning before light when he would rather crawl in and hibernate by his side in the warm cave of dreams. Then, after the boy is off to school, the bear sometimes has something wiseish and funny and thoughtful to say, something best friendish. And he doesn't mind if a papa squeezes him a little too tight and adds a few tears to his collection. Thank you for listening to The Report Report. We now have an email address. TheReportReport at gmail.com, no caps and no spaces. Send us your comments. Your input's always welcome. Join us next time for more of The Report Report.